Vocabulary is not your typical word of the day podcast. On Extreme Vocabulary, we don't just define words, we contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind words. And I'm here with Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing? Let's go. How, how have you been sleeping lately? Um, pretty regularly and decent now that, you know, the a lot of the stress from the previous semester work work season, you know. Yeah. Gone. That's but I'm good. starting I'm starting to shift gears and now I'm getting a little bored of not, you know, laying on the couch, which I did for about two straight weeks and did absolutely nothing. That sounds also nice though. Did do you feel like you had like weird different dreams from uh during the lockdown? No, not really. I don't dream nearly as much as I used to anymore. If I do, I don't remember them immediately after waking up. Oh, okay. Weird. Uh, what about you, Efren? How are you doing today and how are your dreams? Uh, I'm, I'm excellent, excellent. Uh, just got the booster a couple days ago, so recovering. My dreams are always pretty crazy especially because i take cbd to go to sleep sometimes and that whenever i do that it makes my dreams just like nuts uh, oh nice yeah all right so there's a okay you want to dream take cbd i'm gonna try that out pretty elaborate dreams huh super elaborate and they start like immediately but no nightmares no my life is a nightmare <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, what about you, Abraham? Uh, I, I once had a prophetic dream. I dreamed that a friend of mine came to look for me and he said, find your, find my brother. And I don't know why he said, find my brother, because this friend in real life, his brother has been dead for a while. So what I did was I woke up and it was like six in the morning or something. And I started searching for my friend that I dreamed about. And then for some reason, I decided to look up the, uh, what is it? The sheriff's, uh, what's the website called? It's like the LA County Sheriff's log in, in inmate, inmate search locator or something like that. And I found him and it turns out that he had actually like recently gotten arrested, which is a crazy thing to dream about, right? Like to dream about your friend and then like find oh, out wow. he's in trouble or something like that. But anyway. Wow. Okay. Well, th- you're talking about some uh, supernatural forces, maybe, uh, yeah. contacting you. And that's not a necessarily directly related to today's word. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think we can get there. I mean, today's word is gothic. I think, uh, Aaron, you recommended this word, right? That was well, it. yeah, because uh, one of us here is quite the, the goth extraordinaire without the... Uh, Eye makeup, maybe. <laughs> oh, who, who's that? You? <laughs> F? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, do you know his taste in music? Oh, you yeah. like gothic music, F? I didn't know that. Well, I, it's more like I used to be a, kind of a goth in the, with the goth aesthetic, but uh, I mean, not real goth music, but like The Cure, which is like not, is kind of like, a gothic band but they're not a, they don't like to think of themselves as a goth but i like goth stuff yeah oh okay well, i thought you were talking about eight actually i did too actually at first 
Uh, um, he just he just likes wearing black. Yeah. He's trying to copy me. But Abe's, Abe's, Abe's aesthetic sometimes, like Soundgarden or something, right? Technically, they're grunge, and they want a heavy metal Grammy for some reason, but they're also, like, on the dark side of grunge or something like that? Yeah, they, uh, they kind of are. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about the gothic and darkness and all that, we have to begin with who are the goths to begin with, right? And I think we our resident uh, Roman historian, Aaron, can help us with that. Um, so correct anything I say that's just wrong, Aaron, but the Goths were a Germanic or Teutonic people. Uh, we'll forget about the Ostrogoths and the Visigoths. Oh, well, those are like the two like big tribes, right, that formed the Goths, right? So there's like the Ostrogoths were... Eastern. Uh, yeah, they're, they're on the east, right? They established this like Roman style kind of empire on the east. And then the Visigoths are the ones who like establish this other Roman style kind of empire, but on the west side, right? Mm. Um, here's the interesting thing, though. Okay, so like the Goths, um, we really like adopt the point of view of the Romans when it comes to the Goths, though. Um, so they're just the, these like Germanic people, right? Who like eventually took over the Roman Empire around the third, fourth, and fifth century, right? And like again, they imitated the Romans. But we really do take the Roman perspective on the Goths because the Romans thought of the Goths as barbarians, savages, uncivilized people. So then, like the history of the word Gothic, right, which is an adjective, is really kind of like an insult referring to people who are barbarians, savages, or uncivilized, or to art that is considered barbarian, savage, uncivilized. And again, we're, we're kind of taking the side of the Romans when we do that. Um, so the, the, the gods were really kind of like, uh, the, the Romans would call them the barbarians who were always and perpetually at their gates, right? They were the-, the Marginalized. Germans. No, no, no. They were the Germanic tribes that the Romans could never, like, really subjugate, right? Like, the Romans, like, took over all right. kinds of other countries and nations and, and empires and et cetera, right? But they I mean, by that is... They, sorry to interrupt you, but I, what I meant by that is they exist on the margins of the empire, is what I meant. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, because, and actually, like, a literal or, like, a, a real margin, right, or a real border, because, like, Rome really couldn't push past the gods, right? Like, again, they were the unconquered people that, like, the Romans could never really subjugate. Um, there was another tribe of, of goths uh, who were called the Vandals. Um, and North again, Africa. This, oh, yeah. This gets back to the idea of the uh, of using, like, gothic as a kind of uh, an insult, right? Because, okay, so the Vandals come from the region or they, they established an empire in the region called uh, uh, Andalusia in Spain, or as it used to be pronounced, Vandalicia, Hispania. So that's where you get the, the vandal, right, from the, the word vandal from that region. But we all know that vandal and vandalize is also like a crime, you know? So it's like both Gothic and vandal are like, taking the Roman perspective about these people and using these people's like names as an insult, as a way of calling them uncivilized barbarians. Pejoratives. 
Yeah. yeah, they're pejoratives, definitely. So, like, some of that history is still with us. Um, when we talk about things like, uh, you know, certain types of art. Um, okay, so when the Goths took over the Roman Empire, um, they, they, they took over a Christian Roman Empire. So then, like, a lot of the Gothic art, uh, the art that today we call the Gothic, is like really religiously influenced, you know, it has a lot of allegory and symbolism. So especially the architecture, if you think about like the architecture that we call Gothic architecture, it's like these, these like church buildings that are really intricate. They're like really tall. They have painted glass windows. Um, they have like- Flying uh, buttresses. What's that? Flying buttresses. Yeah, 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 flying buttresses. They're really large. They're ornate. They're intricate. It's almost like every little space, you know, that they could, they put some kind of detail in there. So there's like a lot to try to take in when it comes to these buildings, you know. Um, these are also the buildings that have like gargoyles and things like that. So there's like a lot going on, you know. It's like trying to fill every space with some kind of detail. But that, that kind of art style is like really different from the art style that the Greeks and the Romans had, right? So like they had this very like linear, simple kind of architecture, right? So it's like you look at or the columns. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the columns, really, it's just like straight lines, you know, and that's not what Gothic architecture is. Gothic architecture has lines going all over the place. So there's a kind of like fight between those two, you know, like the, the actual fighting between the Goths and the Romans turns into this like cultural fight between two types of art. So then in the 15th century, what happens is that, you know, you get the Renaissance movement where a bunch of like artists and architects and, um, you know, musicians and all that, they fall back on the Greco-Roman style of doing things, right? They're like, we don't really like this, like, religious symbolic allegorical kind of art of the middle ages we don't like this medieval stuff we want to go back to like the greco-roman stuff so then what they did was they called all the art that came all the art that they were criticizing um they called it gothic and again oh. gothic was an insult it was saying like look at all this barbaric like architecture look at look at how ugly it is look at all this Oosh. stuff that has going on you know we want something more simple more elegant right and that's the greco-roman stuff so that's what's going on there you have this like <laughs> empire fight for like hundreds of years and then after that you get this cultural fight for hundreds of years between like gothic art and renaissance art and so when you get to, um, and I, I realize I'm going through this very quickly, but uh, when you get to like the enlightenment period, okay, so you get people who are like focusing on like um, reason, rationality, science, right? These people who wanna live like life according to these like principles of rationality and mathematics and all that, right? And then you get um, these writers, you know, like, uh, Horace Walpole, who, who who writes this novel called The Castle of Otranto, Castle of Otranto. from seven, in 1764, and he he goes back to the medieval stuff, right? And he's like, no, you know what? I actually like all that medieval stuff. I'm gonna write a story 
based in this like castle with all these like weird architecture that I've, we've been talking about, you know, like the pointy stuff and like the lines going everywhere, all this intricate detail going on. And I'm going to tell this kind of like romance story um, that goes back to like, uh, that has like ideas of darkness and death and mystery and the spiritual and all that. So what Gothic literature is, is a kind of like criticism of like that enlightenment idea of rationality, right? Of just trying to explain the world using reason. And what the Gothic or Gothic literature is, is really saying, well, there's things that like reason can't explain. There's things in our that are really going on in the world of imagination or in the world of the spirit. Like, you know, uh, reason can explain things like the sublime, you know, which is this like transport kind of feeling that you get when you see nature in its raw purity, you know, like reason can't help us understand all of that. So then, you know, the Gothic kind of comes back <laughs> to try to overtake like this, uh, this like Greco-Roman neoclassicist kinds of ideas of reason and all that. So really, like, when we talk about the Gothic, we're talking about this, like, perpetual fight and back and forth between these two different kinds of forces. And that's what I'll say about the Gothic so far. Oh, okay. What are, could you um, go over the two forces one more time? Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, it's really just, like, you have the Goths and then you have the Romans, right? Okay. And they're in perpetual warfare. But later on, that becomes a kind of cultural fight between different ways of seeing the world and between different art styles, where like the Gothic is um, this like religious, symbolic, allegorical, really ornate, detail-oriented kind of style versus the Greco-Roman like simplicity of the line, you know, um, I'm talking about architecture here. I almost see like a different conflict in within the word Gothic itself, mm -hmm. where it's supposedly barbaric, but it's also highly intricate and developed in a complex way because, you know, obviously math gets us really complex too, but that's not related to the Gothic. No, um, I think the Gothic might say something like, what happens if we push math to the limits, then what happens? You know, that's that's what the Gothic would do. And so whenever the limits was of born quantum are, physics, then that's like the Gothic, you know, it's like the place where your own attempt to be like mathematical about the world really breaks down. I think um, hearing you to explain the history of what the Gothic is actually brought a lot of clarity to me about why I feel the way I do about the word Gothic. I remember thinking about the people who I thought were goth in high school, and it is a combination of like them seeming very careful and doing a lot of little details, like doing every single nail black, like every day, and like um, you know having like these really uh, ornament ornamented boxes for their cassette tapes or whatever. Uh, but also being and all the like, jewelry, all the jewelry. jewelry. Think about how yeah. much Kutra jewelry Lons. and like spiky wear they have, right? Like, there's a lot uh, going on. Yeah. But while being sort of like death obsessed or whatever, so it's like a funny, almost. I guess it's not a contradiction though, because uh, a lot of those tribal activities are very ornate. Hmm. Omi Raven, life is pain. <laughs> yeah. 
So and that's what makes it different from the sublime to me, because like, I was thinking like, oh, what, what have I been watching lately? That's like Gothic. And I was like, I, I really like Godzilla. And that seems like almost Gothic in a way, but then it lacks the kind of details or it lacks the, the intricacy. It's more just like the sublime or something like that. Well, if you look at the design of Godzilla in different, you know, some of the more intricate, maybe variations of him, like his scales and everything are pretty complex and intricate, I would think. Maybe Mothra is more gothic or something. Mothra. Right. I, I, know, I, I was you... thinking back to uh, high school when you mentioned you know, the goths in high school. And yeah, that's true. Like, you know, they usually were very like big on ornamentation and, you know, presentation and all that, you know, show it's a showing off thing. It's just, sometimes it's a cry for attention in some cases. But I no, remember I used to... Be... Good. Uh, to be death obsessed without the interest in the details would be awful. Concerning. Yeah, yeah. You get a call from the, your parents would get a call from the office. But no, um, I remember I used to like a, like uh, quite a few of the goth girls. I just like the look. I don't know, just the, the whole like, black and black makeup. And, I mean, you know, lipstick especially and nails and all that. I don't know. I just, I, it appealed to me, you know, the pale skin. I don't know why. I liked it. But then I learned too that like, not, not, not every goth is very hygienic though too <laughs> but, you know, some of them kind of stunk I mean that's uh, I think that's a quality of many music subgenres. like I mean punk rockers also aren't the most hygienic really? heavy metal heavy metal people trust me no um, oh god I, no yeah. I was going to say though that if somebody has a serious interest in learning more about a subculture of goth I should refer them to uh, Goth Talk, Goth Talk, a Saturday Night Live skit uh, that's starring uh, Cirque Sir- Nightshade and Azriel Abyss. Uh, it's hilarious. I think Will Smith, I mean, Will Will Ferrell plays like Baron Nocturnal, another character. It's great. Yeah. Well, there's a few more things about like since you guys want to talk about like current goth subculture right which is like a subdivision of like punk or rock music right is that um i think a have lot to be of the, the cure have to be into the smiths right i think a lot of the the like fashion stuff like the gothic fashion stuff like really wants to take um like victorian ways of dressing but like turn them into like um like a funeral procession or something right like you take so the the so what i heard was that like um queen um or uh yeah queen victoria right like i think she had a husband who died or something was it queen victoria am i getting this wrong she had like a husband she had a husband who died and then what she did was that like she went like all out with with the the funeral dress that she wore she wore wore like this like really ridiculous like exaggerated black dress and that that's what's like influencing goth right it's like they look at that and like oh how can we take that and like do more with it and so it's also kind of based on like victorian fashion cool i think victorians are rather droll (laughs) i think in a high school setting it's it's a countervailing force to the sort of like like 
enforced positivity of like high school pep rally life, right? I think that's where it comes from. I, I, you know, like rah rah high school football games, homecoming. It's a countervailing cultural force on campus to that, right? It's a um, counterculture to yeah, to uh, yeah. prep life, if you will. That's why I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And uh, I think I think in, high, in the high school context, again, I think a lot of goths are also into literature. Right. Edgar Allan Poe and, and stuff like that. And like horror, Stephen King. So there's like a literary sort of element to uh, the goth subculture in the high school context. I know that we're talking about like goth music, is a whole different story, because I think that goes back to the late 60s in, in England, uh, the sort of like uh, modern of of like gothic clothing um and stuff you know the dark stuff you're describing my high school life Efren. you're describing my high school life too getting nostalgic there grandpas no no nostalgia here just very accurate descriptions yeah. Uh, yeah me neither high school was the worst time of my life and every year since then has only gotten better literally gotten better every single year once you got sprung, yeah. You, yeah, you could think of all the preppy kids as being Rome, right? And thinking of themselves as like better than everyone. And then you could think of like the gothic kid that's like the goths, right? <laughs> the I like barbarian. that, complete with the orgies, orgies and vomitorium. Dude, why are you like sad all the time? <laughs> why do you always wear black? Why do you paint your nails? Isn't like there's hard? things that they can't explain, right? It's like... Who are you? What are you? Like, are you supposed to be a vampire or something? <laughs> but then if the goth doesn't have uh, their uh, glare down, then it all falls apart. The goth has to just be... get bullied then. Yeah, the goth has to be able to look through the jock with just such scorn. That's another thing. You got to, like, accumulate a lot of scorn, maybe, to uh, <laughs> shoot it through people. Eye daggers. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some, yeah, maybe uh, goth kids were actually like very into the, some are very good and uh, good at being approached by uh, the, the general crowd. I don't know. I think so. I think they're just a bunch of good kids. I don't know why, but I was reminded of a, of a quote, not a quote, well, yeah, something I read recently that Keanu Reeves said, and he was talking in an interview about the, you know, he's like, I really hate it when people ask me, or I don't like it when people ask me, why are you so quiet? And he's like, that's just how I am. That's how I function. I don't go around asking people, why are you so talkative, right? That's rude. And I was like, it put, put it into perspective so beautifully. I'm like, don't ask people, don't fucking ask people, why are you so quiet? And duh. <laughs> I, yeah, that applies, I read a similar piece that was like, instead of, that we always there's all these articles about how introverts can be more social and there's almost no articles about how like extroverts can be more quiet right oh yeah you you dare not tell them just shut up (laughs) oh man oh yeah man speaking of like what is it the uh sorry from your that that what you just pointed out to me was uh reminded me of what we're going through right now covid which, uh, if you don't know, actually makes introverts feel kind of good a little bit. The whole lockdown, the whole like... I don't know uh, if it makes them feel good, but I mean, it's just like, what's what's that difference? 
<laughs> like some of them feel good. I know some of them, you know, they're like, oh, nice, less stuff. That's great. But um, anyways, uh, that just reminded me there was another kind of like gothic um, aesthetic that um, happened during, what is it, like the Black Death or something like that? Do you remember the, um, or my, my sister, she got married during COVID and, and her whole like theme was love in the time of cholera, but love in the time of COVID. And her husband wore like that weird uh, bird head mask. Or no whatever. way, dude. No way. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. No, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's a little goth. Yeah. A little much. <laughs> dude. I would like to see the pictures actually, because I think that would look cool. Like, um, yeah, that was when they put the herb, right? The to get rid of the smell of the of the flesh of dead flesh, they put herbs along that snout, right? They put, yeah. They put, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. yeah. You just showed up and you're like, "What the? Okay." <laughs> I, just, I just zoomed in. I mean, I didn't. We couldn't go anywhere. It's 2020, so. It was a popular Halloween. I noticed it was a popular Halloween costume this year too. To have to be that that doctor, that plague doctor. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a whole thing. That plague doctor is a costume officially. Yeah. The official costume of COVID. <laughs> Along with sexy lobster. I think I think that uh, the Gothic does have a like a very weird fascination with death, though, right? And with uh, and with the symbols of death um again again like the gothic in the medieval age was like really religious right so there's a kind of like spiritual aspect to thinking about death and seeing life from the perspective of death right of thinking of like i'm a mortal being and uh how do i live my life you know even the romans well let's uh let's talk more about that uh and we'll be joined by a literary great, as we do, um, in our next segment, which we'll do uh, right after this break. Four. On each episode of Extreme Vocabulary, we like to look at a piece of literature that uses the day's word. Ephraim, what you got for us today? That's a thin volume. It is a quite a thin volume, but <laughs> the the power of the uh, the po- the poem that I'm going to share today is not thin. Um, this is a poem by uh, uh, Ricky Laurentis. Uh, they're from New Orleans. And this is a poem that, you know, I, I, I really, I really kind of, I'm interested in, but I don't quite know exactly what it means. Uh, and it, and the, the term Gothic is in the title. 
right? So sometimes I like to choose works where the word is in the, most of the time I choose works where the word is in the text, but today I'm choosing it when it's in the title because I think uh, the rest of the poem kind of says something about Gothic. It, it defines Gothic in some way, I think. So uh, without further ado, uh, let me read it. This is Southern Gothic by Ricky Laurentis Ortiz. About the dead having available to them all breeds of knowledge, some pure, others wicked, especially what is future, and the history that remains once the waters recede, revealing the land that couldn't reject or contain it, and the land that is not new, is indigo, is ancient, lived as all the trees that fit and clothe it are lived. Simple pine, oak, grand magnolia, he said they frightened him, that what they hold in their silences, silences. Sometimes a boy will slip from his climbing, drown, but the myth knows why. Sometimes a boy will swing with the leaves about the dead having available to them all breeds of knowledge. I like the beginning a lot. I mean, that's really good hook, that first line right there for me. I'm like, hell yeah, you know, I'm all about having all the knowledge and, you know, the dead is, there's a, there's a morbid appeal there too. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself necessarily a goth, but I see the appeal with being somewhat fascinated with, you know, the morbidity, supernatural, the macabre and whatnot. I get it, even though it's not necessarily something I really lean toward heavily. But, and then later on, I'm like, I'm completely at the end. I'm like, I have no clue what's going on by the last, you know, after he talks about the trees, <laughs> the different tree types. After that, I'm just like, no idea. It's, um, I, looking at it again, yeah, I was like kind of lost looking at it until while you were talking, Aaron, I looked at it again. And it's actually like one sentence mm -hmm. about the dead having available to them all breeds of knowledge. And then it's like the list of all those different kinds of things. And then you say, they fright, uh, he said they frightened him. All right. those so all of those breeds of knowledge frightened him. Um, the, the dead frightened him. What, is it the knowledge or the dead? <clears throat> I think it's the dead, right? The subordinate clauses about the dead. And then if you're looking for like the, the main clause, it? he said, right? He but said the, uh, about the dead, they frightened him. Uh, but it's about the dead having available to them. I think that's the subject. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, that's all part of it, of course. But I think like just grammatically, it's just the dead, right? Like they frightened him. Because the knowledge they hold is all silences, right? It's he said they frightened him that what they hold in their silences, silences. In other words, like the knowledge they have is nothing that they can actually share, right? It's it's the the knowledge that they have is all this kind of like this abysmal silence, and that the silence of the dead also produces a kind of silence in him. I feel a little weird about this, but what do you guys think? Um, when you hear the word Southern Gothic or when you hear the word Southern here, do you think of it as being South 
um, Southern United States. Yes. Yeah, it's usually associated with it when you say Southern Gothic. It's, and then considering that, wouldn't the boy swinging with the leaves have uh, in the uh, Lynch imagery, strange fruit imagery? Hmm. It sounds good. Good, good observation. Yeah. Interesting. That is part of the uh, you know, Southern heritage tradition, if you will. And it's definitely Gothic in nature. But I want to get back to, yeah, what the sentence means. Uh, what do you think all of these, the list of knowledges um, represent? Pure knowledge, are you talking about pure knowledge, wicked knowledge? That's what you mean by the list? Yeah. What is future? History that remains once the waters recede, revealing the land that couldn't reject or contain it. And the land that is not new is indigo, is ancient, lived, as all the trees that fit and clothe it are lived. Good and bad, um, future or past. That what they hold in their silences, silences. I love that line. I love that, that enjambment there. Sciences ends the sentence and begins the next one. All right. The list is literally the things that we can't say, the knowledge that we can't have being alive. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's, that's a good, that's a great use of poetry, I guess you could say, to try to describe unknowable knowledge. Yeah, and, and there's this sense of like immortal or like there's this sense of, a, of the passage of time, right? Um, the, and the history that remains once the waters recede, that's a great line too. And it's like, is it the waters that, yeah, is it the waters receding? I picture waters receding like, you know, like the tide, but also like, of course, like the, the long passage of history too, right? like the really long passage of history. Mm. Mm. The waters could just be like the contemporary, contemporary politics, contemporary problems or whatever, right? And then that, that moves away and some kind of history remains, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that, and, that, and that made me think of the- Duncan history. The way, yeah, the way knowledge is is a tap is a sort of metaphor, metaphorized with breed, right? All breeds of knowledge is interesting too, right? Because like knowledge is like it's both evolving but transitory, like an animal, right? Something that 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 just lives and dies along with sentient life. It comes and goes. So so too does knowledge. It's reprodu it reproduces. It it it, it emerges in like a plant and then dies, too. Um, Hmm. Secret knowledges, hidden knowledges, arcane, sometimes, you know, dangerous. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking the other day, uh, it's like so much that goes into producing our human consciousness. You know, the sun shoots down on the earth, lights up the plants, the plants create energy that then we eat or whatever. We're like consuming and all this energy that's being produced our whole life. And oxygen. 
and oxygen. And it isn't until we die that we start giving back in a way. That's, 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 really, that's really gothic. That's really morbid of you, Josh. <laughs> and there you we go. consume, then we become what is consumed. It is interesting, though, that, yeah, we need, yeah, the sun, yeah, the sun sort of, and the soil, right, become activated. And, yeah, we need those metals, those metals that we eat, right, like the sort of, like, minerals and metals are that, those materials by which the electricity can occur for us to actually think. Oh, yeah. Right? Iron, right? Like but we need copper, all iron and zinc and all these things. Copper, zinc. Like and those of, are those like had to occur naturally, I think, in stars. So mm-hmm. it's going from like hydrogen to those more complicated metals. Uh, do you think that the universe breeds complexity? This might do you think the in, the universe is interested in becoming more complex and sustaining? consciousness as its ultimate kind of uh, appendage. When did the universe itself have a consciousness? Are you a part of the universe? Possibly. Then right now. So each individual with a consciousness is the universe having consciousness. Microcosm of the macrocosm, maybe? Yeah. Or... Just a total embodiment. Anyways, that's not really that gothic to think about. That's more psychedelic, I think. I but think kind of gothic, yeah. I wonder, oh yeah, that's an interesting uh, kind of maybe uh, system to put the gothic against. How does the gothic interplay with the psychedelic? Well, <laughs> a, a lot of the, the, goth, the goths I knew in high school took a lot of psychedelics, so... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. The, 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 the psychedelic movement takes a lot from the romantics. And the romantics mm-hmm. were definitely like influenced by the gothic. Seeking mm-hmm. um, the sublime and the... And the um... Yeah. The, those aesthetic categories of like, of like uh, transport and affect and, um, you know, like the sublime um, were like the feeling out of body like, out of body experiences yeah acid or mushrooms yeah all of those are like you you could describe those as religious kinds of or mystical experiences you know that like then then get um brought up and kind of secularized a bit i guess you know because they stop like being christian like just christian concepts right and then like they, they bring them up as these other ways of like experiencing nature or the world but like yeah the psychedelic experience is about like again being able to see the world in a like completely different way like the world nature and the world become like a completely other kind of entity and i think that's the point no 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 no. being other though i think you become more connected to it you're on tv hey kitty you're not on the podcast so Sorry. She's wrapped up like a burrito. Look at it. Animals make us animals make us smile. What's up? Oh yeah. Uh anyways. 
we should move on to the next segment. We'll take another break and uh, we'll look at Aaron's cat and we'll then uh, come back to the, to the last segment. Be right back. On each week of Extreme Vocabulary, we like to choose a song that uses the word of the day. Um, there's a lot of gothic music out there, man. A lot of psychedelic we, music, too. If we wanted to be really, really on the nose, uh, we could do um, Bauhaus, right? Bela Lugosi's Dead. That, that's like the quintessential goth song. Mm. Um, but there's others. Um, I think the Cemetery Gates by the Smiths, right? Cemetery Gate. Um. Cemetery Gate. What's that song? Um, oh, do you think Kate Bush is gothic? Yes. Okay. Because she has the song Wuthering Heights or whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't think novel. she would say she's gothic, but she's like definitely an artist who the goth goths love. But she just doesn't wear black. Yeah. She's a more colorful kind of goth. Yeah. She's an autumn goth. <laughs> um, that reminded me of a of a. Yeah. You said it, and now I forgot. Crap. So those are all um, songs from the gothic. I'll There's also like. Sorry, go ahead, Abraham. I'll recommend the song "Golgotha Tenement Blues" by Machines of Loving Grace. That's from the Crow soundtrack. I know it. Uh, which is a totally pulp gothic kind of movie industrial too and the song yeah the song itself is like very gothic industrial which i mean i like i personally like the song a lot but yeah city of souls give me a dollar of something give me a dollar of holes i think that's how it went anyways uh that's good good really deep deep dive there well you got uh Aaron all excited, so I'm tempted to go with it. Plus, it kind of has the word goth embedded in the word Golgotha. Well, that's good. Oh, there's also Dead Souls by originally by um, Joy, Joy Division, but then there's also the, um, maybe that's not a good idea to mention, is The Killers did it, too. There's some satirical, like, goth songs, too, like um, like uh, Underground by Ben Folds 5. Well, it's like about being gothic, but it's a really poppy song, you know. Of course, anyway. Ben folds. Of course, Ben folds five. He was a, he was a real smarmy, smarmy artist there. Yeah. What a nerd. I like Ben folds, but I really like Abraham's um, suggestion. The, the the song I, I listened to it right now just because I had to remember what it was. But yeah, it's awesome. It's the feel and the sound. Yeah, it's great. I just like um, the uh, the um, confidence that uh, Abraham suddenly showed for the first time in the uh, in the song what? suggestion. So I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Actually, um, for me, oh, I just remember now, "Lullaby" by The Cure is very, very gothic. Another quintessential. Yeah. Is it about going to sleep or is it about going to die? It's about dying and nightmares and a giant spider and yeah. 
there's another Cure song called uh, "Funeral Party." That's a more of a which deep I dive, think, yeah, yeah, white wedding. Yeah, lots of deep dives when it comes to these songs for me. <laughs> I was I said a B side, but that's kind of like oh, yeah. thing of saying a deep dive, yeah. I think I don't have the uh, yeah I don't have the uh, constitution to get so gothic. So I'm glad you guys went there for me. <laughs> Just try to be cool hanging out with you guys. These two are practical practiced and i was a little bit of a Aaron. i think you just are there i think you are you are like the model of gothic actually (laughs) you're like green eyes and dark hair and like you know anyways all all dark and handsome we're all wearing black except for uh josh who's wearing gray so i mean same difference he's got black underneath though next week's word beach boys no (laughs) Um, I'll wear the Hawaiian shirts. Well, we got the song. Uh, does anybody have any last thoughts on the Gothic? Because it kind of trailed off at the end there. I mean, we're talking about. Um, I mean, I really like where we got with the idea of like the Gothic being this sort of uh, almost not a, like a contradiction between being detail oriented and also into the void. Like that's very interesting. Um, <laughs> Well, what else is going on with that? Uh, any last thoughts? I have a, a short uh, anecdote, which is uh, one time uh, me and my part, my partner at the time, we we went to a a, a dance. There was a weekly uh, like dance night at this one like small bar, and uh, you know me and my partner were dressed in like you know just hooded sweatshirts, bright colors, some bright colors. And what we didn't know is that they switched up the schedule so that that week was goth week or goth day, mm. goth night. Mm-hmm. So when we walked in, there were like all these goths like dancing, like, you know how goths dance, just like really like whatever. <laughs> and they were so sweet to us and they were welcoming to us, even though we were obviously not goth at all. Uh, they were like welcoming us, uh, but we ended up leaving. Uh, we ended up not staying, but they were so super nice. And I think there's something in that anecdote about the history of the Goths and the Romans that that I think is sort of present uh, in there. <laughs> you know, like they were they were more accepting to us than any anybody were those Goths. Interesting. And you know, speaking of that, there's like a Goth Day, unofficial Goth Day at Disneyland, right? Oh, is there? Didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disneyland is like glamour goth. <laughs> yeah, it is, you know. The details. Yeah. A true goth wouldn't be caught dead there. <laughs> they should have a goth night at Dodger Stadium. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you see a bunch of Mexicans. I listen to Morrissey. Yeah. <laughs> The Cure. I mean, Mexico is like the number one country that loves the Cure too, and Central America loves the Cure. Yeah, <laughs> South America, I'm sure. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Mr. Rochester, I mean Aaron, uh, thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, today. I don't. I don't keep my 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 wife up in the attic. Okay. Um, Aaron, uh, what are you dreaming about tonight? another another nine holes of golf maybe (laughs) the reason for that is because i downloaded a free golf game but it's limited obviously it's only like five different course hole and one hole each course 
but they're all different. Like one's a desert, you know, kind of Arizona kind of course. You know, they, they all look nice, but they're kiddish kind of, you know, it's free. So I didn't care. And it's essentially just you, you're, you're watching the bar charge and then you got to hit it at the right time to get like mm-hmm. perfect stroke. And if not, it's going to slice and suck. And yeah. Look, golf doesn't sound gothic to me, but the hole, you know, it's a void. Uh, There's something satisfying about hitting a small ball into a hole from yeah, distance. Because it's a metaphor for death. Uh, Afrin, what are you doing tonight? What are you dreaming of? What do I dream? Knowing me, I'm probably dreaming of some kind of me being in high school and not turning in my assignments in time or something like that. Machino. The ultimate nightmare. My Yeah, why does my brain still think I'm in high school and I haven't graduated yet? Me too. Yeah, yeah it's so weird. Uh, you end up teaching a bunch of people that just went through that. <laughs> Maybe. A- Abraham, uh, what, are you, what are you obsessing over gothically tonight? I don't know. I'm still interested in mach- meeting a machine elf. so if that could happen over a dream that would be cool because i quit drugs so yeah i don't think it's gonna happen through any i've invented a new category for abraham zelda goth zelda (laughs) (laughs) yeah zelda is kind of the the game the legend of zelda is kind of based on the whole medievalism you know trope medievalism is so popular dude harry potter uh game of thrones it's so so popular you know the gothic is still with us in many ways yeah yeah and the um that when you blow up a wall in the right spot it's like you know you just feel that like oh my gosh what have i discovered you know yeah i will be dreaming about um yeah bombs i don't know Anyways, uh, thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary, everybody. Our music is from Wagyan Paradise by Erika Imura. This song is Machines of Love and Grace. I mean, yeah, it's Golgotha. The song is Machines of Love and Grace. Excuse me. Uh, no, oh, no, wait, no. It's the other way around. <laughs> the song is Golgotha Tenement Blues by Machines of Loving Grace. Yeah. The one. Um, we are the robot. What were they again? The machine... I'm sorry. Elves. Machine elves. We are the mechanical elves. Elves, email us at extremevocabulary at gmail.com, especially if you have thoughts about um, poem or anything you want to say about being goth. Um, or find us on Twitter at, and Instagram at extremevocab. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for joining me, and we'll see you next time. Oh. Give me